leading us in worship this morning. So good. Uh, the men and women who are going to receive the offering, if you would go ahead and come and take your places, and you can begin to receive that as soon as you arrive there. Welcome to church. So glad that you're here today. If you happen to be new, my name is Scotty. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad that you came. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, many of the people who attend our church regularly, uh, they give online. But if you came prepared to give today, you can drop that in the bucket when it comes by in just a moment. Or if you have one of those prayer cards or connect cards, please drop that in there as well. Uh, just to let you know, while they're receiving the offering, we are beginning uh, a brand new teaching series today called You, Me, and We. And it's all about building a healthier marriage and friendship and life together. And so I'm excited to kick that off today. We just uh, had a marriage conference this past weekend here at Journey. It sold out in five days. And, and I told our team, I, I don't know if that's good news or bad news. I don't know if everybody's like, hey, I'm excited about that or we really need help. Um, but we had a great time together, 75 couples. And, and our, uh, our speakers for that event were Mike and Ann Lynch. And I asked Mike to stay over and teach and kick off this new teaching series for us today. They did a spectacular job leading that conference for us. And just to introduce Mike, uh, we have known each other for a long time. We actually grew up in the same small town together outside of Atlanta and Georgia. Uh, he's just a little bit older than me, but we went to the same high school. We kind of grew up in the same church, our pastor and youth pastor. We worked for both of those guys. Uh, and it was an amazing church, really. Uh, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, but God used it in a great way, and it was an amazing family atmosphere, and there are so many guys like myself and Mike who came out of that little movement who are now leading churches around the country, and Mike and I reconnected a couple of years ago. We had kept in touch through different times along the way, uh, but we were, we were in the middle of trying to build this facility. We were purchasing this land, and we were meeting in an old shopping center. If you're new with us, we moved here about a year and a half ago. And, and I, just quite honestly, I was at the end of my rope. Like, I was stressed. I was overwhelmed. How many of you have ever built a house together with your spouse? Okay, just raise your hand. Okay, uh, imagine doing that with 3,000 spouses, okay? And so everybody's got different opinions and money and pressures. And I, honestly, I was so overwhelmed. And I remember exactly where I was. I was, uh, I was in the Panera parking lot in Castle Rock, and I called him, and he called me right back. And we talked for a little while, and I said, Mike, I'm so tired. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm like a hare from quitting. Uh, and he just poured into me that day, and we rebuilt our friendship, and call, he, he calls me and texts me, and I call and text him. And sometimes they say, you know, pastor, who's your pastor? Well, Mike Lynch is my pastor, and I'm so honored to have him here today. Uh, in fact, he loved me so much that my son, who uh, is in college in Atlanta, lived with them for a month, and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Because he's a talker and an eater, and so, uh, but he he attends uh, Mike's church and leads a small group of middle school boys there. And I am so so thrilled to have he and his wife here. Would you give a huge come on, get up on your feet and welcome Mike Lynch? You're awesome, love you, love you too, man. You're awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. You can be seated. So. Do you love your church and your pastor and his wife? Would you give the Lord a hand and thank the Lord for them? You are so blessed. If you are new here, you're in the right place. And it was so neat to walk in this weekend. And, and I, so we've been, we've, I've uh, pastor church northwest of Atlanta in a little town called Kennesaw, Ackworth. We're northwest of the city around Marietta, uh, just north of where the Braves play. And um, we walked in and we we're like, this is just like home. 
It just feels like home. Scotty and Amy are doing such a phenomenal job leading this along with your team, your team this week. How many of y'all were at the marriage retreat this weekend? A few of you around the room. Also, we had a great time. Y'all made me feel like home. We all hate the Patriots and want them to lose. I mean, that's something we all have in common, right? I dislike them so bad. I left the city of Atlanta and we're hosting the Super Bowl. All right. And so we do. We all have something in common. Scotty's like, I don't know what weekend we're going to do it. I'm like, the Falcons look terrible. Let's do it on the Super Bowl weekend. All right. And so that's how we ended up. But anyways, we are so glad you're here today. If you didn't make the weekend, next time they do it, get in on it. It was awesome. If you are here today and you go, man, Mike, I'm single. I'm not really at that point of marriage yet. Man, what a great thing we're going to talk about to get us ready for marriage. Maybe you are in the middle of marriage right now and you're going, man, Mike, we are too far gone. I mean, we we fought on the way to church this morning. I mean, this is how bad our home is. So here's, and I don't mean to make myself sound better. Ann and I have been married 27 years. We have never fought on a Sunday morning driving to church. 27 years. You know why? We don't ride to church together. All right. And so it works out really well. She comes in like an hour or two later than I do. And we get along great on Sunday mornings. It works out great. You think I'm kidding. I'm really not kidding. All right. And so that's what we do. But marriage is one of those things. It is the perfect picture of putting two imperfect people together and then going, okay, how are you going to make this work? Right? Because neither of you have it all together. Neither of you and so if you're single in the room today and you go, I'm looking for the perfect, <laughs> I'm looking for the perfect mate. Okay. Have fun. All right. Because there's no perfect people out there. Everybody's got flaws and everybody's empty. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. All right. And so it doesn't matter if you've been married 50 years, five years, or you're on the front side or you're in between. You're like, man, Mike, my, my first, I was married. Things didn't work. What we're going to talk about today is what God has to say about relationships. Here's the deal. Marriage was God's idea. So Adam was alone in the garden. God created Eve because Adam was alone. And he created this relationship that didn't turn out well either. All right, but he created this relationship and he created these two imperfect people in the garden after the fall. And they began this journey that we all are living in right now, still experiencing the same bumps, still experiencing the same bruises. But here's the deal. I believe that in the middle of all this, you can make something special. That's what today's about. Today's not about we're going to fix it. Today's not about we're beginning a three-week series that then in three weeks you're going to be a perfect person. Not going to happen. All right. What it is, is a passion this church has to say, we want a church of strong marriages. You may not have said coming in, that was even your thought. I love something Scotty said yesterday. You have a phrase you use here at Journey from this day forward. Our prayer is from this day forward. You begin to put in those things that you need to do to make your marriage all it can be. So would y'all join me in a word of prayer? Right where you're seated this morning. Man, it may be your first Sunday. It, you may not have missed a day in Journey's history. But wherever you're at this morning, I want you to just take a second. And ask the Lord to speak to you, would you? You say, God, would you speak to my heart this morning?
If you're married this morning, would you pray for that mate that you're married to? Jesus, pray that God would speak to them this morning. If you're in this room and you're single and you say, Mike, I don't have that, that person in my life right now, pray that you will be the person that God created you to be for that future relationship, would you? God, we all pull up a chair at your feet this morning. God, we all walk in saying we need, we need some of you. And so, God, I pray that of these next few short minutes that we have together that you will challenge us to be the people you created us to be in the relationships that you've put us in. And, Father, I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You got notes. Everybody's got their notes. Pull those notes out. You got a pen or pencil, something to write with. These are great things that God has to think about relationships. We had so much fun this weekend. We took, we took some couples' advice. We went and ate Bojo's Pizza yesterday. The mountain pizza, I guess they like the mountain, is that what they call it? The crust. And they said put honey on it, basically clog your arteries. All right, and so anyway, we did that, so we're in a little carb coma, but we're coming out of it. So point number one right up there, right at the top of your outline. God's way to a successful marriage focuses on what husbands and wives put into it, not what they can get out of it. Marriage is one of those things. It's all about the effort and what you are willing to put into it. You will never be great at anything in life if you are not willing to put all of your effort into it, right? There's a principle in Scripture, and I want you to write these two words down. Ready? Right under that point. Sow and reap. Whatever you sow, you will reap. If you sow good things, you sow a good crop, for the, the farming, you sow a good crop, you'll reap a good crop. If you sow a little bit, you won't reap very much. It's just the, it's the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping applies to relationships. What we are willing, we are willing to put into it, we will be able to get out of it. Look at what 2 Corinthians said. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and ever whoever sows bountifully will also reap. What's that next word? Bountifully. If you want to get something out of it, the question is, what am I willing to put into it? We know this from Malcolm Gladwell, the business writer. He said, you will never be great at something, excellent at something, an expert at something, till you put 10,000 hours into it. If it's shooting free throws, if it's hitting a baseball, if it's throwing a football, if it's whatever phase of life you're in. But in our relationships, we are going to get out of that relationship what you and I are willing to put into the relationship. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, he will also reap. Here's the point. Ready? Right there at the bottom. The temptation after marriage. So, after we say I do, after we stood at the altar, is to focus on what I can get out of the relationship rather than focusing on what I can put into the relationship. So our focus becomes what I can get out of it, not what I put into it. That's not how any of us begin. So how many of you in the room today, you are married? Raise your hand if you're married. Okay. How many of you remember falling in love with your spouse? If you don't raise your hand, dear Lord. All right. And so you really need the serious. Yes. Oh, yes. Praise God. Yes, I do remember. And the whole dating is the pursuit, right? We were, we were talking in the early service. So I'm, I'm 49. So we didn't have texting and stuff. 
Back then, you would write love notes. You would uh, write cards. How many of you made a mixed tape? Raise your hand. Oh, yeah. Jesus is all in mixtapes. All right, and so for those of you that are younger, this is what we had to do. We didn't have Spotify. We couldn't create a Spotify playlist of our favorite songs. Back then, you had to sit and record them one by one on a cassette tape that probably wasn't going to make it, all right, to the car. But anyways, but that's what you did. It was all about the pursuit. It was all about, I remember being on the phone with Ann. Late at night, I'm in my dorm at Liberty. She was in a dorm at Liberty, and we would be on the phone with each other. And we're like, you know, it's getting really late. we got to get off the phone. So on the count of three, we're going to hang up, okay? On the count of three, ready? One, two, three. You still there? I love you, right? Y'all remember doing this? We did that all the time. But that was the chase. Then you get married, and the chase is over. It's like, well, we're married now. And so here's the picture we painted this weekend. Every couple begins face-to-face. Every altar, whether it's in Colorado or in Georgia or in Hawaii or wherever you're married, at some point you stood in front of a pastor or a justice of the peace. You stood face-to-face with each other, and you held each other's hands, and you repeated a vow of some sort. For better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death does part. Some, some way you said something like that. And you began your journey as a husband and wife, holding hands, looking each other eyeball to eyeball, thinking there's nothing in the world we won't be able to accomplish. But the reality is you come home and the newness wears off. You buy a house. You rent an apartment. You get a condo. I heard the cost of living is really cheap around here. All right. And so just, and so, but you, you get in a little above your head. You get a car. You start leasing a car. You got a job. So we're no longer face-to-face. We got to do what life requires. We turn shoulder to shoulder, right? We do that. We, we go and face life. We got jobs, we got things to do, and we got things to conquer. I remember I was a youth pastor. I wanted to be really great at it. And so I'm really pouring my life into my job. And, and, and now we're shoulder to shoulder and began a job. And then about a couple, three years in, we had kids, right? And I've met couples that said, Mike, we, we aren't as tight as we used to be. So I think we're going to have kids because that's going to, don't believe this, but kids are going to bring us closer together. Kids don't, kids are dividers, all right? And so they, they come in. And so what was like this now was like this. Because now we come home from work, we get on our laptop, we get on our, our, our phones, which, well, listen, we do too. Update Instagram, update Facebook, update Twitter, see what everybody else is doing. Man, this person's on vacation. I wish I was on vacation. Until we get on vacation, we look at everybody back home going, God, I wish I was back home. And so, I mean, that's what we do. And so now all of a sudden we've created some distance, but we don't stay like this. So we started here. Now we're here. If you do not create space and time to go from here to here, here's what happens. This couple begins to do this. We call it the drift. In fact, when I taught this at North Star, out on the stage, we brought like a baby crib and we brought a briefcase and we brought laptops because those are all the things that get in between us. And none of them are bad things. They're all great things. Yes or no question. Do you have to have a job? Yes. If you don't, I'd love to meet you. All right. And so everybody else has to have a job. We got to go to work. We got to take care of bills. We got to take care of stuff. All that's natural. But here's what happens to every couple. We forget to come back together. We forget what it's like to go from here and turn in. This today is about turning in. 
today is about the reminder of what got you started. If you are dating someone, put in place now what you want to be there later. Meaning, you better communicate. You be, if you're going to make it, you got to communicate. What happens is we quit communicating. We, we get like this and we trade texts or we may have a quick conversation that night before bed, but we're never eyeball to eyeball anymore. None of us begin that way, but that's how we get. So what do we do to get through that? Ready? Lesson number one, never stop studying your spouse. Never, never stop studying your spouse. Learn them right under that. Learn them. Just because you live together does not mean you know them. You know what they're like. You know their habits and tendencies. But you may not know what deep down inside makes you tick because they're not like you. They grew up somewhere else. They were raised differently. Their expectation of what marriage is going to be is totally different than your expectation of what marriage is going to be. And you have these two unlikely people that have said, because typically opposites attract, and now you're trying to build this life together, and now you're going, man, they're not what I thought. We're a little disillusioned, and we quit studying our spouse. I've never met a business person that was great in sales that didn't know their customers. You don't show up at a, a lady's office or a guy's office and not know what they like. You know if they like football, baseball, basketball, soccer, you know if they like the arts. You, you know that kind of stuff I mean, because you study it. That's what you're paid for. But at home, we can't study. So for those of you who are married, do you and your spouse always communicate the same way? Yes or no? No. Typically, one of you is a words person. One of you is quieter, right? So whoever the words person comes home with words still to be used, and the quieter person, they're out of words, all right? And so that happens in homes. It just happens. The average talker will use 10,000 words a day. The non-talker will use 3,000. So I'm at 10,000. If I've had a quiet day, I got seven more thousand to use and may have used all hers up by the time I get home. And so we're just sitting there looking at each other. Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed that, okay, let me just talk to men. So look, look with me at the passage. Likewise, Simon Peter said, husbands, live with your wives in what kind of way? What kind of way? Understanding, Understanding means you're thoughtful and you're respectful meaning you're working at knowing them. So, and I've been married 27 years. It's been, a, it's been a minute, man. We've been married for a while. We got a 24-year-old, 21-year-old. So guys, let's just talk guy to guy here. Um, have you ever noticed your wife may say things and what they say isn't what you think they probably mean? Have y'all noticed that? I mean, they say, I'm fine. But even in Colorado, I'm fine does not mean I'm fine. Y'all know what I'm talking about? So we, we discovered this a few months ago. We, um, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm into Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Instagram, I'll post stuff every now and then. But for those of us that are, that are my age, right? Um, basically, you are my age if now when you're ordering off Amazon and you have to scroll down to your birthday, all right, you're in my category. All right, and so you're going back to 1969. You're like, dear Lord, I don't think it's listed anymore. All right, see, so I keep going back. So... My kids are into Insta story. So I want to be, Ann's like, Mike, you need to stay fresh. You need to stay young. So I'm like, I need to get into Insta story. So here's what Insta story is. Instead of just a picture of an event, it's a video. 
right? I mean, it's just a video of the event. And so rather than me just posting a picture of being somewhere, I post a video to go along with it. I mean, it's pretty innocent stuff. So I speak to the Falcons on a Sunday night uh, for a Monday night football game. On Sunday night, I speak to them. Monday night, my son and I are on the sidelines at the Monday night football game back when we still had Super Bowl hopes that got dashed very quickly. But anyway, so we, we thought we were going to the Super Bowl. So we're down on the sidelines and literally me to the front row of where the players run out. So the way it works is they start this fire, all the crowds yelling, cheerleaders run out, Matt Ryan and all Julio Jones and all the cats, they come running out. And I'm, I'm literally right there video. And this is a, the best. If I'm going to make my inaugural entrance into Insta Story, I'm going for the top. All right. And so, I mean, I'm videoing. It is solid. So I ask the most old man question ever. When we get back to our seats, I look at my son. I'm like, so what, what do I do now? Well, how, do I, how do I put this up? So he's like, dad, just give me your phone. Blah, blah, blah. He does something. He posted. He said it's out there. So I was so proud. Falcons win. Great night. I get home. It's like midnight and still up. Get in, and I'm like, she's like, how did it go? I said, awesome. We had, we had a blast. Falcons won, which is great. They might invite me back to speak because they won. Good mojo. It was great. And I said, did you see that I posted an Insta story? Here was the phrase. I did. I did. So I'm going through my brain of like, what could I have done wrong? I don't understand. I wasn't even here all night. I couldn't have disappointed her. All right. So I don't understand what I did. And so I'm going, I did. I did. I don't understand. So finally, I said, baby, I don't understand what I did means. She said, I did. It was nice. <laughs> Just come on. We're at midnight. What do you mean it's nice? I said, what does that mean? That's what she said. Well, I enjoyed your video of the cheerleaders running through. What my son failed to inform me of is Instagram only captures the first 10 seconds of the video. <laughs> so Ann looks at me. She said, that was really nice, Pastor. Really nice. All right. It just goes to bed. Like, we, I might have to call Scotty and cancel the marriage retreat. All right. I've just screwed up. Because we still things I don't know, right? We can't stop. Here's the key, and I want you to write this down. Listen to what they're saying and what they aren't saying. Here's the word. Listen. You cannot build a great relationship without listening. Listen. Here's what I know about listening. Listening means i got to turn down the noise. We live in a life in a world full of noise. Would you all agree with that? There's always noise around us. We had one rule in our house growing up. We had lots of rules. One of our rules, though, the dinner. We ate dinner together every night, and we always cut the TV off. Because if the TV was on, we're watching it. But we ate dinner tonight, and it, it, may, it may be 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night when the kids got in from their events or whatever they were doing. But we ate dinner together, and it was our time to listen to each other. I told the couples retreat this weekend Study done by Reader's Digest years ago of couples married 50 years, ago, 50 years or more. Number one common denominator they all had in common. They all ate dinner, to get, dinner together. You know what it makes you do? It makes you go from here to here. It's a built-in way to do it. And you're like, did your wife cook every night? I'll move on to point number two. All right, here we go. Point number two. I'll let you fill in the blank there. Never stop dating your spouse. Never stop dating your spouse. It's so funny, and I want you to write a word under there, chase. It's so funny. It's like when the chase is over, we take our foot off the gas. We just forget. 
It's not that we don't care. It's not that we are thinking, well, we're better and we don't need it. We just quit chasing. Look at Ecclesiastes 9.9. Enjoy the life with the wife whom you love. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love. I want you to write this point down. I didn't give it to the 830 crowd, but I want you to write this down. Busyness destroys intimacy. It does. Never stop dating your spouse. If you're in here and you're engaged or you are dating, put into place now what you want to be there later. What does it mean to never stop dating? It means, and here's the word, and I want you to write these two words down, be intentional. Be intentional. Put it on the calendar. Here's what I will tell you. Nobody in Colorado is looking for more to do. Nobody in Atlanta is looking for more to do. We all, our calendars are full. Here's what I will tell you. What doesn't get calendared in my life doesn't get done. Therefore, if dating my spouse is important, I'm putting it on the calendar and I'm making plans. Block off the time. Ann and I together, lunch. You really put that on the calendar? I put it on the calendar. Because if I don't, I'll schedule something else. And I'll look at Ann and go, well, she'll be there. She'll be fine. And I remember years ago, an old time management expert used to say, we juggle all these balls. We juggle work. We juggle our hobbies. We juggle our extended families. We juggle our kids. We juggle their sports. We juggle all their extracurricular things that are going on. And all of the balls, if you lose them, will bounce back except your spouse. And if it hits the ground, it's glass and it will crack. And you can't put it together like it was. It can get back together, but it'll be different. Somebody else can do your job. Somebody else can be at this place. Nobody, nobody can be you in that relationship. Never stop dating. So we took that as a challenge. Listen, we have a 24 and 21-year-old. We went through the dividing conquer years. Did God lead us to only have two children? We believe so because we didn't want to have to go to his own defense. All right, And so we were man-to-man. She took one, I took one. We were all good. But we had to be incredibly intentional in those years. We're in the empty nest years now. Our house, other than when Michael was there, and I will just say this, time out real quick. Micah is an incredible kid. He may be the only person I've ever met that could out-talk me. It was an unbelievable deal. The boy could talk and eat. You're exactly right. So we're in, the, we're in the empty nest years. But you know what? I got new stuff filling up my calendar, and she's got new stuff filling up hers. I can't stop being intentional. My daughter came home from college, so we've got a new little way that we do things. And my daughter was home from college, and I said, hey, we're going to go to the movies. And my daughter went, well, where are we going? I went, oh, not like we, like we are going to the movies. And she was offended. But we had a date set. We were going to go out and see the movie. Never stop dating your spouse. Number three, never stop growing with your spouse. Never stop growing. The amount of years you've been married does not determine the growth. Intentionality determines the growth. You may be married 45 years, but you are weak in the relationship. You're just committed, which is great. But it's not all it could be. Never stop growing with your spouse. Well, what does God think about it? Well, here's what he would tell us. Our goal in this life is to love him with everything that we've got. 
with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And secondly, to love our neighbors ourselves. So let's say this. We got a husband and a wife. You said, I do. You stood at that altar with a pastor, and you said, I do. And now you're beginning this journey, and God is here, and we're here. It's like a triangle. And both of us, man and woman, begin to grow towards the Lord together. Over time, if we're growing towards the Lord, are we growing further together, or are we growing further apart? Which one? Together. Isn't it funny? When we chase the Lord together, we grow together. But when only one of us chases the Lord, you got a man, you got a woman, and I'm just going to go statistically, it's not always true. Statistically, women are more interested in spiritual things than men. It's just statistically. I think I gave out the person, 87% of Christian books are bought by women and never read by men. But anyways, so that's a whole other deal there. And so, But women are probably a little more interested. So let's say the woman's really growing towards the Lord and the man is growing a little bit. What ends up happening is there's lots of distance that's created. And, and here's the words you hear in counseling. We're just not on the same page anymore. He doesn't, he doesn't look at me like he used to. Because here's what I'll tell you. You put God in the middle of your relationship, it will strengthen your relationship. If you're new here to Journey and you're like, the whole church thing's new to me and we're just learning, does this really help our marriage? You better believe it'll help your marriage because the more you grow towards the Lord, the closer you grow to each other. My prayer for Ann and I is when we're 55 years into this deal, we enjoy each other more than we did our first year marriage because we're both growing towards the Lord together. Are we perfect? Heck no. Do we have it all together? Absolutely not. Do I wish I did? Sure. Do I handle every conflict situation right? No. Does she? No. But you know what? We're trying. We're thinking about it. And we're both going every day, I'm going to take another step towards the Lord. You're not going to end up there overnight, but over the course of time, you grow. Here's the passion this church has for your marriage. They want to see you be all that God created it to be. I think we settle so many times. We settle for a cheap knockoff version. I, I tell couples that I'm counseling all the time, premarital, don't talk to too many people about marriage because you're not going to get good advice. People are going to tell you, don't do that. Dumbest thing I ever did, ball and chain. I mean, you'll hear all that craziness. And I'll tell them this. I can't imagine my life without her because she makes me better. She makes me better. It's all what we put into it. It's reaping and sowing. So some of you, from this day forward, you need to start sowing some more seed in your marriage. Planning some date nights. Men, here's my challenge to you. Plan the night. Don't go, think we ought to do it, plan it. All right, don't do that. That didn't go over well. Say, I'll, I'm going to call a babysitter. I'm going to schedule a date night. We're going to go to XYZ Place. You got, man, what a great community. What, what a beautiful area you're in. Lots of stuff to do. You don't have to spend money. It doesn't cost money. Maybe it's packing a picnic and going down and sitting at a park. I mean, it's the only place I've ever seen it's 60 degrees and there's snow on the ground. It's unbelievable. I've never seen that. Like, school would be out a month in Atlanta. It would be unbelievable. There's still snow on the ground. We can't go to school. And so, but you got plenty of things you can do. Here's the deal. Here's the question of the morning. Is it worth it? Is having what God says you can have worth it? And that's something only you can answer. Would you pray with me?
Father, my prayer over the marriages in this church and the future marriages in this church. I pray that they would be the people that uh, they were created to be so that they, we could be the people they were created to be. God, I pray that in a world that marriage isn't uh, appreciated and sometimes marriage isn't even a big deal. Father, I pray that in this community, in this church, that their marriages would be that shining light of a place that broken lives can be put back together and broken things can be made new and things that are good can be made better. God, I pray over Scotty and Amy as they leave this church that you would keep their marriage strong. That you'd bond them together in a way they've never even experienced so they can model what it looks like. Father, thanks for being concerned about the smallest things. It's funny when we grab hands late at night and we pray, you're as concerned with that prayer as the prayer that's prayed over the biggest thing going in our journey. God, from this day forward, we want to walk towards you. From this day forward, we want to put you in the middle and we want to grow towards you. And that is my prayer for this church and these people. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.